Hi, everyone. My name is Shannon Calder, licensed therapist, and I'm joined by Dr. Kathy Barrett, forensic psychologist. We talk about all topics from a psychological perspective. Welcome to Terror Talk. Hello, everybody. This is Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and this is Kathy. Hello. Happy almost Halloween. <laughs> almost, almost. It's tomorrow. It is tomorrow. We're recording, of course, ahead of time, but this will <sighs> this will air one day prior to Halloween. Yes. Yes, it will. Amazing. We were just looking up witch sounds because I've been putting sounds on these episodes. <laughs> the witch sounds are not flattering, which is no. fine because we're going to be, you know, talking about the serious witch issues as they relate to psychology for the first section of today's show, which is how we've been splitting up these shows. So we'll talk about the psychology of witches, a little bit about the history and how it relates to psychology. And then the second half of our show will be movies and we'll get a little bit stranger. Um, I wanted to say real quick that next week is our discussion of Joker, and we're calling it Joker, the making of a psychopath. So we both went to see Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, which has made roughly $788 million worldwide box office. It's the number one highest grossing R-rated film of all time now. It was interesting, and we'll get into this more when we have the episode, but I was talking with a colleague of mine today who was... Um, saying how how much the reviews are mixed and noticing the different reactions between people who are in the mental health field versus people who are not. Mm -hmm. And my understanding is a lot of people believe he overacted. And I think that's really interesting because I've worked, and I know you have as well, with incredibly chronically mentally ill people, psychotic people, delusional people, who do behave this bizarrely. Mm -hmm. So you I bet. think if you don't have a close relationship or mm -hmm. any sort of association, I could see where it would feel that way. Absolutely, because I think generally our society thinks, wow, like no one could ever be like that. But right. so, so that's a really great point because, well, and we'll get into this more in the episode. That's a really, that's a good point. Our frame of reference is very different. And mm -hmm. I think we understand that. Um, yeah, they displanted, uh, displanted, no idea if that's the word I meant, but uh, Deadpool, which had the record beforehand. Wow. Yeah, and I guess there was a Instagram post Ryan Reynolds put up, and it, it said something like, it had like the picture of Joker on the staircase, and it said something like, this motherfucker, or something like that. <laughs> you know, like, you yeah. beat us type of thing. It was really funny. I love Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> I know. It was funny. So that'll be next week's episode, so be sure and turn it, tune in for that. We're looking forward to talking about it. We're holding it. We're holding back talking about it. And then on November 13th, I think, the week after that, we're going to have our discussion of Dr. Sleep, which is Stephen King's sequel to The Shining with Ewan McGregor, which will also be very interesting because Danny, now known as Dan, is all grown up. And yes, he is. still psychic and an alcoholic. So it'll be also an interesting discussion, I think. Uh, but today... We are going to talk about the psychology of witches. So there's that. <sighs> it's an interesting thought to try and start this because it's such a traumatic history. Um, so I guess what I would start with is a, a little bit of a disclaimer. I'm not talking about 
the same witches we see in our favorite movies, which we'll discuss in the second section. I actually thought you were about to say, my disclaimer is, I am not a witch. (laughs) You'll never know. Um, It's not, you know, the funny, fun, or the sweet and powerful, you know, the things that movies have us think and have us either really love witches um, or vilify them. It's not those kind of... um, tropes i guess for lack of a better word that's not what i'm personally the green discussing. face and the long nose yeah mm-hmm. yeah when we pr- pulled up which sounds on the internet that was what came up as i don't think really... that those were coming out of their mouths in salem no yeah no, no 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 nope no they weren't they were women like you and me so we're talking about the you know the rogue the resistor the subversive the radical and that was sort of how um witchcraft was looked at in during the, the extermination of women. So f- let me start here. Between 1400 and 1700, there were some towns that were so devastated by the slaughter of witches that there were only one or two women left in the towns. So in mostly small cities, women were tried, held, or jailed and executed publicly in the very center of the city. Uh, one or two women a day, except on Sunday. <sighs> yeah, it's it's a. Which year are you in? I was in. I was. The, I'm being general between okay. 1400 and 1700. Okay, that I just literally, asked, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know there's so many different. Yeah, I'm not. We can't get. We can't divulge into. I mean, if you have something to. To add to that, we certainly can uh, specifics because there's certainly a million of them. But um, female shamans, voodoo practitioners, um, midwives, basically. So let me let me go to this. There's a book called The Witch's Hammer. It's the official Inquisition burning guide, uh, first written in the 1400s, and it lists. Uh, three main reasons why women are um, witches and to be executed. The first is their sexuality. Uh, The second is knowledge. And the third is their capacity to heal. And that's where psychology comes in. So I can go down a psychology road unless you want to talk some little bit more about the history. I mean, there's a ton of history depending on. um... Go for it. Well, I don't even know how relevant it is. I think there's just this, oh, for me, there's this overarching, and I don't know if we've even come that far. I think it's just draped in something different mm-hmm. now. But, um, and I don't, there might be people listening who might roll their eyes when I say this, but I think what it really comes down to is women serving as some sort of threat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If you look at King James, if you look at Matthew Hopkins, his book, Discovery of Witches in 1647, Great which a- advocated severe methods of interrogation, mm-hmm. such as sleep deprivation, tying a woman to a chair, throwing her in the water. The same, Some of the same interrogation techniques we still use today, clearly not just on women, but on minorities and things like that. Yeah. So there was a lot of justification. This is when people love to use religion or, or use God as a justification and, and also, um, I don't think we've come that far from believing that women are the temptress mm-hmm. and that um, we're the ones who need to sort of get it together 
We shouldn't be imposing that on a man shouldn't have to control himself. We should be able to do that. Yep. So there's a lot of sexual stuff there. I think a lot of it comes from, I think there's a big message there around like women for a woman to have sexuality, which wasn't even what this was about, but they made it this way. Um, to a certain extent, I think that there was a lot of like, they must be slaves of the devil and and things Mm -hmm. like that. So these men got paranoid, tempted, probably even aroused. Mm -hmm. Um, So these women had to suffer. Absolutely. I mean, so so what I was saying with the witch's hammer is that the number one reason was sexuality. So like, think about that, right? Women as sexual creatures, as having sexuality, was a burnable offense. Yeah. Yeah. So think about the ancestral trauma that all women carry Mm -hmm. because having sexuality, being overtly sexual, having sexual desire, sexual needs is still something that women fight today in relationships of all kinds of having needs in that area and either whether or not to assert their own needs or not. Yeah. Or even stuck with the double bind of if you don't have those needs, then you're rigid. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you do have those needs, then you're a whore. Mm -hmm. So it's like we can't win. Black and white, good and evil. This whole thing is about that. I mean, the, the, the good and the great or the bad dangerous, you know, them and us that there was a lot of that in, in those days. Um, Even though there is still that, but we're talking about a situation where, you know, this this book I'm talking about, you know, first published in 1486, literally is called The Witch's Hammer, Official Inquisition Burning Guide. I mean, straight out, like Barnes & Noble top shelf. Straight, straight up. Can I just add something real quick? Yes, so of course. So in 1584, which is not, not even a century later, William Perkins, University of Cambridge, Cambridge again, a theologian, says, based on everything you and I were just talking about, quote, women being the weaker sex is sooner entangled by the devil's illusions with this damnable art than the man, unquote. So mm-hmm. it's so heavy-handed, again, that women were so weak and were so pulled in and um, vilified, and we need to be more responsible. As the weaker sex, we need to be, I don't know, I don't know if we need to be condemned marginalized. or mar- marginalized. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, there's a couple of different things that were going on, too, um, if you look at the history of religions and how the earth religions, uh, paganism and witchcraft existed and voodoo, you know, and shamanism and anything born of nature, as far as religion is concerned or philosophy before was before Christianity. And so there was also, if you do your religious studies, there was also the business of it. So, um, when Christianity came into power, they there's a long, long history of needing to oppress what has power currently in order for you or Christianity to rise in power. Now, I'm not saying anything negative about Christianity, actually. Um, I have that tradition in my own family. What I'm saying is that the history is, is there, is that when when... And I'm not saying also that uh, everybody was oppressing and everybody was being a victim. There, I'm not going to be the person that says this was black and white. 
but there is a long history of oppression. And so in order to, I mean, if you think about our culture now and you can think about anything, any topic you like and think, well, in order to gain power, I have to vilify my enemy. Mm-hmm. So we're doing that all the time, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're doing that every day in the news right now. But, um, and that's on both sides. So that was also happening. So, and there's but, a difference, sorry, there's a difference yeah. between someone being religious or spiritual versus someone being religiously hysterical and paranoid. So we're looking at extremists too. Yeah, there was, yeah. and, and, and there was just the business of it. Right. How do we take, how do we become the most influential religious thought of our time? Right. How we, do we do that? We have to, yeah, we have to we have, vilify the old, right. right? And mm-hmm. we have to say, that's wrong. And actually, God believes that our way is the right way. Mm-hmm. And then there were lots of bad people who did um, incredibly horrific things. I mean, the mass extermination of women in rich- witchcraft has just had an ancestral effect of huge proportions. Because if you think about it, the Salem witch trials didn't even start till the you know 1600s. Right. There was so much prior to this. I think oh, yeah. some, some people, because, you know, the way history is taught in school is so Mm -hmm. poor, but a a lot of people I think think that's when this all started and it started centuries before this. Yeah. I mean, this infamous book that I'm referring to the witch's hammer um, was first published in 1486. Right. So uh, it was going on, you know, if you think about right now in your lifetime is let's say 80 years, you know, (laughs) this was happening over 400 years. So, we we may very well and most generally are in a time where something right now is brewing that will happen in 300 exactly. years if our culture exists in 300 years mm-hmm. one never knows but when when the earth will shake us off like a flea mm-hmm. but um so we talked about sexuality i wanted to say the second um main reason that women were uh slaughtered was knowledge mm. so Reading and writing, there was that was not something that women were allowed, allowed. to learn. Mm-mm. And if it was found that you knew how to, you could be accused of being a witch and hung in the middle of the city. Mm-hmm. So it was a threat. Take that in. Yeah, <laughs> take that in. We wouldn't be here with our little headphones on and talking. That, and that's also religiously um, prescribed because if you look at... I'm not going to get into religion, but just the, uh, too late. <laughs> histor- well, historical, I don't want to get into actual like people's faith, but historically, oh, sure. if you look in the new Testament, you know, women, depending on how people interpret it, women were not allowed to preach. The only reason why women were not allowed to preach just like poor people is that they didn't know how to read. Um, only people who could, who were literate were allowed to speak in church. Mm-hmm. So that was deliberate. Yes. They only kept a certain amount of people um, literate, which were the men. Mm-hmm. So there was that threat to if a woman starts to speak up in a church and she gains power, then mm-hmm. things become equal. So this is, I feel like, a, a subdivision of this. Yeah, absolutely. And if you think about one to two women being killed every day except on Sunday, and that most small towns all across uh, Western Europe were had one or two women left, you know, over time, you can imagine like we all are descendants of mm-hmm. 
Oh my gosh. Those ladies, Mm -hmm. you know, and this was happening over a few hundred years. So I'm not saying that, oh, there were two women that gave birth to all of us. It was happening over a few hundred years. So obviously there was more women along the way. Um, You know, so the third thing that I brought up, the third reason was the capacity to heal. And this is where I think we can move into psychology as a structure as well, is that that was the third reason that you could be uh, murdered was your capacity to heal. So midwives uh, were had to act in private and at great risk to their own safety. So assistance giving birth was something that women were not allowed to have. And if that was your profession, you could be, uh, you know, hung in the middle of town. It doesn't even make sense. And like healing. So this was, this is all the pagan religion, like healing potions, shamanism, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, dreams, uh, all of that stuff was all black magic. Um, yeah, it was evil actually. So black magic and sorcery. If you could read and write, enjoy sex and heal people. You were a witch. Yes. So we're witches. I hate to <laughs> break it to you. And I think it th- there's irony in that too, because in the Salem witch trials, when she couldn't save her kids from the epileptic seizures and couldn't heal them, then she was vilified for that, mm-hmm. that there was obviously something going on, you know, and these, oh my God, can you imagine at that time, these poor kids were probably completely demonized because they were twisting and contorting and all of which we now know is neurological, mm-hmm. but again, was demonized because of how it looked and who it was associated with. And she was killed. Yeah. Ugh. You know, you think about, you can't even imagine the mentally ill at that time. Oh, they say the elderly and the poor were the most likely targets. Um, I think depending on the century. Yeah. It was a, it was, it was the Nazis before there were the Nazis. Mm-hmm. It was extermination. Or a cleanse. Yeah. It was extermination of what they perceived to be a threat. Um, I've always, I've done a lot of reading on this subject, but one of the things, and I have no idea where I read it, but I'm, I'm sure it was an amalgamation of a lot of thought, was that women were vilified for being able to give birth because it was one of the things that men couldn't do and they could never learn to do it. They they could never, yeah, they brought life. I've heard even people talk about, you know, man created war as a way of controlling the population because they cannot control life. It's really interesting to think too, just like you were saying, the, when we think about oppression in any sort of marginalized community and women are marginalized, um, the, the transgenerational oppression from centuries ago, how that still affects, you know, so when people say, you know, why is that person complaining? It's not like they were ever a slave. It's That's like you dumbass. ridiculous. You know, do you realize the lineage and everything that gets trickled down from that kind of oppression. Well, and that's so so now I've I've got to go towards psychology because that is exactly the point that um I would make towards the positive psychology movement. Mm-hmm. So so hear hear me out. I'm not saying it to you, but in general people, hear me out. So one could so I come from a depth psychological tradition which is based in psychoanalysis, psychodynamic theory. Um, 
one of the things that we have is we have cognitive behavioral therapy, we have um, positive psychology, we have all kinds of different kinds of therapies out there, psychoanalysis, etc. So what I think de the depth tradition is often the witch in the room, because, you know, like John Watson, who's known widely as like the father of American psychology, right? Um, he was he he wrote a behaviorist manifesto back in the day. It was like nineteen fourteen or fifteen, something like he also that. Also did some fucked up studies, and he did some <laughs> fucked up studies, which is what I was just about to talk mm -hmm. about. So what I'm doing is I'm jumping from. Um, witchcraft to psychology and then I'm just going to talk a little bit about a couple of different kinds of psychology so Watson um, you know he wanted a truly American quote-unquote brand of psychology which I think was his first mistake probably <laughs> to brand it that way but so it was based on the, the notion that there is no difference between the man and the brute good and evil the human being and the animal that <laughs> this is so crazy, but whatever. Foundations, right? People think Freud was crazy, but hey. Um, for the so for the study of some consciousness or introspection was ridiculous. Like that we had consciousness or unconsciousness was, you know, it, we are only like physical chemical reactions. Well, yeah, behaviorism. It's almost like we work like computers that we're instinctual, flexible animals. Right. Like in, oh, sorry, yeah reflexive is what I meant to say, instinctual reflexive animals, that that's where our behavior comes from right. and that it's based in pure science. Now, there might be some people out there that believe that, you know, I think there are in general people who believe that it's all science, it's all black and white. Mm -hmm. um, therapy is bullshit mm -hmm. um, because it embraces the unknown. You know, depth psychology embraces the like radical acknowledgement and connection to the unknown mm -hmm. that there is an unknown <laughs> and and that's really uncomfortable for a lot and of people. that is so and, uncomfortable and for people that, uh, behaviorism can be really effective but oh I, to, absolutely and this is just how i feel is that it needs to be used in conjunction with other things absolutely. so i um, would agree with that because it, it can be useful but to think that we are computers or robots without any yeah. consciousness um, and going back to mm -hmm. where we got started with this whole conversation, which is very much uh, a lot of, of our stuff is rooted in in that transgenerational oppression, that mm -hmm. unconscious space, that unknown space. Everything that you're talking about doesn't go away because a century leaves us. Mm -hmm. It's handed down to the next generation. To, so to, to, to assume that, that all of that is irrelevant mm -hmm. um, when we are working with clients, why it's so important to think about why we take a, a, a history. I was just explaining to someone the other day that when you do testing, the tests, the assessments, the numbers on that sheet mean nothing without the story behind it. Mm -hmm. So we are more complex. This is with CBT, and I, I understand and appreciate that a lot of our listeners might be very CBT-oriented. I'm not saying that CBT doesn't have its place, mm -mm. but I think it can be a one-trick pony in that sense that it's attacking the symptom. Yeah. I, I think I think the danger comes in in when you just use the one thing, which is what yeah. you're talking about. It's it's in any it, of it. Yeah. And and also I use CPT. Yeah, of course. We all do. <laughs> yeah. Of course we all do. It's it's integrative. It's the the danger is I mean, even in testing, 
the standard, the ethical standard is you never just use one test. It's always several tests that are specifically individual, you know, you individualize your testing strategy and you take a full history, you do your three or four tests, whatever. Mm -hmm. And and then you put it all together. Now the real art and the real craft and the real skill and the reason why psychologists makes make really good money doing this is because the skill is integrating all of that and coming up with um, a narrative, a narrative, and then a treatment plan. Sometimes, depending on what the referral source wants you to do with that information. And, and I'll tell you what: when I when I give results, there are oftentimes people who are very confused mm-hmm. that the reason for this person's symptoms is not anything organic or cognitive, but it's actually rooted in feeling invalidated, marginalized, all these things that we're talking about. It could be from a family member. Mm-hmm. It could be how very few times I will test somebody and there'll be an organic mm-hmm. issue there. Yeah, it's much less, it's much more rare than I think yeah, people. I, I think people, Well, they want it to be, I think it goes right to what we're saying. Yeah. They want it to be black and white. That's right. They want it to be rooted in science. They want us to be robots and animals that have organic issues so that there's like a pill that they can take. I mean, I think that's really, you know, you don't have to do any work. It's your brain. And if we give you these medicines, which of course, many of them save people's lives. Mm -hmm. I don't vilify psychiatry at all. I've seen it save people's lives, but that's the answer people want. But what we know is that it's both. Mm -hmm. And what's indicated in the literature is psychiatry and psychology together give the best outcomes. Right. And that oftentimes what what we see symptomatically is being caused by more environmental stuff. I, I tell people all of the time when I sit down and parents who want me to assess their kids for ADHD, and I don't want to digress too much, but this is relevant in the sense that 90% of the cases I test are not organic forms of ADHD. Mm-hmm. They're coming from dysregulation in the home and destabilizing things or the child going, you know, is abused or whatever, social media, bullying, all of that stuff. Yeah. How are you going to be able to concentrate? How are you going to be able to function? It's not because there's some, something that you need Adderall for it's, there's a bigger issue. And I think we are getting further and further away from being able to tolerate the unknown. Mm -hmm. And I see it in my practice all the time when I tell parents your kid it doesn't have this, or I was mm-hmm. able to rule out, they're like, really? Well, what's the issue? He's depressed. <laughs> but then they go, well, what is that? Yeah. I can't, I can't do anything about that. What do I do? You know, there's so, always something to do, want something to do. And I get that. That's very human. Mm-hmm. We all want something to do in times of great stress. Like, what can I do to make myself feel better, what can be the the ointment mm-hmm. on this wound that's so painful? And I get it, but it's incredibly disturbing to watch psychology attempt to dissect humans in a concrete way. I mean, suffering and oppression is not something we simply control by a positive state of mind. No. Um, absolutely. Does it help to have affirmations? You bet. Does it help to have a positive way to go about your day. Absolutely. I'm not vilifying any of those coping strategies. Mm -hmm. Use all the coping strategies you can, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's not an us. It's not like, like with the witchcraft days. Um, it's not us and them. It's not black and white. It's not bad and good. I think to make, I mean, to make, I'm also not like you were saying, I'm not vilifying anything to make anybody the best or the hero 
or the saint is to actually strip them of their humanity. It's That's just right. like it's just like making somebody evil. Mm-hmm. You're stripping them of their humanity. The complexity. Yeah, and that's cause, so that's I'm all hot about this, but um, <laughs> she, she's actually <laughs> elevating out of her I'm chair like, right now. I'm, I think I'm, she's a witch. I'm gesticulating. <laughs> I'm definitely a witch. Um, <laughs> you know, the depth traditions really remind us that we're wounded healers, mm-hmm. um, and that we're relational, and that we as therapists or as psychologically trained people, you know, we have the same struggles, the same um, defenses, the same issues, the same suffering as everybody else. And that um, we're working in that soup with you. And the they us is uh, just that they us mindset is the foundation of just oppression and racism and sexism and homophobia and all of that other stuff. Um, I actually have somebody who is influential in my studies, um, who is my, uh, one of my teachers in my doctoral program. And she has influenced me a lot in these sorts of ideas and her readings. Um, Oksana Yakushko is her name. So I want to give her a shout out because she might've heard some of her, She's not listening to this, but <laughs> she would hear some of her language in my thought process, most likely, which I've integrated. Um, I don't know. That's my uh, soapbox. Mm. <laughs> I'm good. You good? Yeah. I I, uh, I just want to add one last yes, please. part, but I think that's why as psychologists or any type of psychotherapist role, um, when you're in a psychotherapist role, Mm-hmm. Um, why our work can get really draining. And Shannon and I were talking about this before we started recording tonight, which is, uh, which is, I said witches, ah, but I didn't mean did. it in that wah, wah, wah. Which <laughs> is, um, a, a big part of our work is managing people's expectations around the quick fix. You bet. I think that's an important thing. And I, I know that we discussed before the show that I think we're going to talk more about that in the shrink chat show this week, um, Mm which will come out on Friday. We kind of, we talk about our day on that show a little bit. So if you're interested in hearing, talking about a little bit more of the day to day, I think that's one of the topics we're going to (laughs) tackle because it's hot for both of us right now. So We have gone on about this topic, so we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and lighten it up with some witchy movie talk because there's a lot of witch. There's well, there's a handful of witch movies that I really dig. So we'll be right back. Kathy and I can be reached on Instagram at Terror Talk Podcast, Twitter at Talk Terror, or on our Facebook page, Halloween All Year Long. If you prefer email, it's terrortalkpodcast at gmail.com. So reach out. If you like us, you can help us by subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes. Or check out our Patreon page for extra content and more behind-the-scenes discussions. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and new episodes of Shrink Chat every Friday. Keep coming back, but first, stick around for more of our show. Hello, we are back to talk about witchy movies. Do you have a witch cackle of your own? I don't. Kathy, no, no. there's no witch cackle. I was never really into witch movies and stuff that much. No? Nope. How come? I don't know. They just weren't, there was only one witch that scared the crap out of me growing up. Didn't want to get hung at the stake. 
No, I was scared to death of the witch from The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah, totally. I had to bury my face. It's like one of the OG. OG she is witches. the OG. She's also the uh, Maxwell House commercial lady. <laughs> it's a little extra information not, for you. Not quite so scary. Or Useless maybe. Information. Actually, <laughs> if you go back and watch the commercial now, it's quite eerie because you can see oh, the green makeup on her. I bet it is. I remember being a kid and my mom goes, You know who that is, right? And I was like, No. And she's like, That's the witch from Wizard of Oz. I was like, ah! I like ran out of the room. <laughs> Like, like, mom, you asshole. No, mommy. Make it stop. Yeah, there's some pretty good old, older witch movies. I haven't watched Do a Do you ton have a cackle? I don't. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't. And then I was going to try. I said, I don't. And then I was like, well, you know, get in the game, Shannon. Let's see if you, I don't know. I don't know where to start. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, not bad. Okay. That was good. I was like, I, I don't know. Give me a dare. I guess I'll, <laughs> I'll take I got it. some more here's, for it. More dare. Here's this. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay, that's some witches doing. That sounds some like talking. some marginalized women right yeah. there. <laughs> They're doing. <laughs> oh boy. Poor ladies. Oh boy. And you know, I love real witches. I'm not not trying to be offensive. I n- I actually know a few real witches in this day and age, and they're wonderful people yeah they're peaceful people amazing and it's positive it's not what you think it is black magic's a whole other thing yep so yeah all right witchy movies Mm, well i mean the oldest i can think of right in this moment is rosemary's baby i forget to really categorize it as that good pull (laughs) good pull as they say (laughs) that's a witch movie right i mean i mean it's no. What? What? <laughs> Where are you getting that it's a witch movie? Um, I mean, I know there's a demonic piece to it. Well, maybe that's what I'm kind of thinking about. You're just stuck on demons. <laughs> you're upset that we didn't do a demon series. Yeah. Screw this. I want to do a demon. I'm going to talk that. about demons. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, I guess. So then there's like goofier ones. The fun ones. Those are the ones that I really yeah, like. Yeah. Like Hocus Pocus. Yeah. Practical Magic. The Witches of Eastwick. Now, see, that's one of that my one faves. I, that, that's in my list. That's like my favorite, probably. Scariest one I saw was Suspiria. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. So scary. Never sitting through that again. Yeah, no. Especially the end scene. Oh, the old woman so who's got bad. shit grown out of her. I think it's, I mean, I think it's the old scary witches that are the. They, she was disgusting. The like queen, right. whatever in there. Well, it's the personification oh. of the crone, right? The old woman that can destroy you. It, like that's the. She was so disgusting to yeah. look at. Well, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you think about witches from our first segment, and I won't get, I'll try not to get too deep, but like not sexual. No. <laughs> Very primitive, not necessarily knowledgeable. My you know, movie. Not healing. <laughs> my movie as a teen was, I think I was a teen still, it was The Craft with uh, yeah, yeah, Nev yeah. Campbell. The Craft is on my list. Um, so The Craft is 1996. Yeah, I was a teen. Mm-hmm. Robert Tooney, Tony, Robin, Robin Tooney. Tunney, Tunney. Thank you. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Feruza Balk, who yeah. loved her. Mm-hmm. Nev Campbell, 
All the old 1990s ladies. That was a good one. We're in that one. That yeah. Was a fun one. I loved that one. It was fun and campy, but also like scary, spooky. Yeah. Well, and we talk a lot about coming of age stuff, and they were, I mean, they weren't teenagers they were in, high, in real they were in life. High school. <laughs> yeah. But they were in high school, um, which I think is super cool. So I know a couple of fun facts that I looked up about okay. that movie, which is the snakes and the bugs were all real. Hmm. You know, there were like 2,000 snakes used in the climax of that movie. Okay. And lots of bugs, and it was all real. That's pretty cool. And there were, you know, and there's a bunch of stories, like creepy stories about the key key um, ritual that they did, I guess. There was spooky stuff happening there. There was, um, oh, Robbins had a shaved head when they started. They, she did? Yeah. And it's because she had shaved her um, head for uh, Empire, Empire Records. Records. Still yeah. one of my favorite, top five favorite movies oh of all time. Oh my God, I love that movie. I've watched that recently, actually, Tangent. It is um, one of my favorites. <laughs> they hired a witch to help with the film to make it more authentic, which is cool. There were some authentic pieces in there. I mean, the idea that you're using magic for revenge and stuff is really the negative part. But they did like the good and evil mm -hmm. witch in that movie, so... Mm -hmm. You know, I understand it's a, I get that it's a movie. They it have is. to make it interesting. It has to be a good guy and a bad guy. Um, Blair Witch. Yeah, I saw, I remember seeing that in the theater. What did you think then? Uh, I was pretty bored until the last scene. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> and then I went, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like it paid off there. Yeah. I mean, you sit for two hours to be scared for Ten two seconds. seconds. Yeah. If you ever make a movie, that's the key is send them out on a high and then you'll get some credibility. Um, so we're talking about the Blair Witch Project from 1999. I don't want to leave anybody behind. Um, for those of you who aren't, you know, film nerds and might not know that. Uh, and it was a independent movie when independent movies were still independent <laughs> it was a really new concept too the idea of like mm -hmm. this true st i mean they they had done horror movies based on true stories before but i feel like this was the first of there were many that followed with this type of you bet um the trope was found footage um yeah. that was like found footage horror so where the idea is that there's found video footage that tells the tale of like three, I think there were film students who, you know, were lost in the woods and they found the footage and this is what happened to them kind of thing. So you and I could film this on our camcorder basically. And that's what the footage looked like is you and me filming it on the camcorder, which was totally ingenious. Mm -hmm. They made this movie for, sixty thousand dollars and it made like 250 million so go team just like our podcast <laughs> <laughs> made on a dime <laughs> made us two dimes <laughs> <laughs> uh just kidding um <clears throat> so yeah what else the craft did you get into movies like the witches of eastwick and Hocus i loved Pocus the witches witches of eastwick and yeah. eastwick Said like a German East Vic. <laughs> and um, I also liked Hocus Pocus a lot. So what would you say the fave is for you? I'm going to go with The Craft. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say Witches of Eastwick is my favorite. 
Okay. Just because I love the ensemble cast. But I also, then I would have to follow that with the craft and probably Hocus Pocus. I mean, unless you're going to throw Wizard of Oz in there. No, of course you can. Yeah. Course so you then can. I would say Wizard of Oz before Well, it's kind of like fav- your favorite witches. Remember how when we were talking about... Then maybe about- like Rosemary's Baby yeah. in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shut up. <laughs> I'm going to maintain that it's a witch Maybe movie. like Star Wars. <laughs> um, Escape to Witch Mountain, 1975. Ooh, that's an oldie. Do you remember that? I No, that, it was 1965. I don't remember that. 75? I still wasn't born. I didn't say you were. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, did you watch it? Anyway. I think I did once. Well, and Harry Potter. Eh. No. I know I'm gonna get a lot oh. of I'm gonna get Ooh. a lot of shit for that one. Oh, you some Harry, hate mail now. I like Harry Potter. I'm just not obsessed with Harry Potter. Well, you don't have to be obsessed. That's but the first couple were cute. Did you read the books? Nope. Okay. So, you know. Did you read whatever. the books? <laughs> it's like you were um, like, well, maybe if you read the books. <laughs> Ooh, book. Into the Woods. Yeah, Into the Woods. And then, of course, um, Maleficent. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, she's yeah. a good bad guy. I want to see the new one. The, the new Maleficent? Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that would be good. I think it would probably be good. Oh, Sleepy uh, Hollow's good. It is. Um, there's <gasps> there are so many bed knobs and broomsticks. There's so many movies that have witches in them. Um, so, like when we were talking about, oh, was it zombies or werewolves? I'm getting my mythology messed up. But we were saying like your favorite one. Like you could have a favorite witch. It doesn't have to be the whole movie. And I think you're sort of saying your favorite witch would be The Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Not that it's a witch movie. Right. Because it's not. Right. Um, but that, that would be your favorite witch. But which movie? Like, I loved Witches of Eastwick because I thought it was just this, this cast, the whole thing. It's been years since I've seen it. I barely remembered it. I just remember loving it. Me too. Um, and, and the craft. Cause, and I also really liked Practical Magic with Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock. Yeah, Practical Magic is probably my favorite um, which movie, like a movie that I will pop in on a Sunday kind of thing. I think we all have those movies that we like Sunday morning watch Mine's over and the over. Exorcist. Yeah. Just, kidding. Just kidding. Yeah. It's we'll my ta- church. We'll talk about what I was watching on Sunday during the shrink chat. So show, because it oh, was a whole boy. bunch of horror movies. Well, we no, it a wasn't Sunday Chernobyl. Morning. Thank Christ. <laughs> no, that's over for those of you not following along on that show. Never mind. Um, yeah. I would say Practical Magic is probably my favorite because it gives a sense of the culture of witchcraft that is, I mean, it's from 1998, but yeah. I mean, I realize that's 20 years ago now, but that's a current positive mm-hmm. um, look at what witchcraft can be and that it's it's a healing thing. I think there's a psychology around it too. And there's lots of articles that you can Google around spirituality, um, being a protective factor in psychology and witchcraft rituals, healing potions, shamanism, um, uh, intuition, all of the things that we sort of associate with, with quote unquote, witches are things that, we can all use to feel better in our lives, I think. Mm-hmm. But and on that note, we will take a break and we will come back with our what the hell segment. And so we'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 
Hi there, we're back with our What the Hell segment. This is Shannon and Kathy from Terror Talk. And our What the Hell segment is when we pull a true crime story from the news that we feel like we need to say, what the hell? Because they're dumb. The person is dumb, usually. Oh, oh most of the time. That's the idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wanted to say, too, in the break, we were like thinking, you know, there's just not that many witch movies that are really scary i mean nope suspiria is the only one that really sticks out for me yeah and uh, yeah and it's really just when the witches are the incarnation of evil which is of course what we spent the first 30 minutes of the show talking about how there's a historical suffering on that mm -hmm. account so maybe that's why we're not like thrilled with the witch movies but again there's a couple of witch movies that i absolutely adore it's just they don't make particularly great villains which i think is a good thing maybe yeah. Yeah. So see, this is why we should have done demons. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to hear about this now for the next. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I picked witches for Shannon. She loves witches. We should have done demons. <laughs> Fair enough. What the hell? Let's get to it. Would you like to go first? I'd love to. I oh. may have topped myself. I mean, I don't know if I, I'm not sure if I can beat this one. Okay. <laughs> we'll In see. my mind, some of you may not find it that funny. Okay. Well, I'm so sorry, Florida, but we're back with you guys again I, you guys you in florida what is your problem Flor okay floridians are nice people they are but they're clearly in the news a lot okay all right police had an easy time tracking down floridian mac yearwood wanted in connection with an assault that took place over labor day weekend in 2016 after he used his own wanted poster as his facebook profile picture <laughs> i gotta read that one more time after he used his own wanted poster as his Facebook profile picture. <laughs> One of Yearwood's friends comment, commented, nice mugshot, to which Yearwood responded, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Another friend expressed more concern. Holy shit, ding dong. Are you planning on getting this shit squared away? I'd like to see you again, at least before they find you. Cops in Stewart, Florida, north of Miami, used Yearwood's Facebook to track him to his brother's house, where he was arrested. According to the arresting officers, a bag of weed tumbled out of Yearwood's pocket. I mean, I'm just picking, picturing, how, it, just all dumb. <laughs> tumbled. Tumbled out of his pocket as he was cuffed, and he politely asked the cops, would you please not charge me for th with this possession? Because <laughs> that works. <laughs> Writing on the Stewart Police Department Facebook page, Corporal Brian Bazio noted Facebook is a great way to communicate and connect with old friends and family. <laughs> if you are wanted by the police, it's probably not a good idea to use the wanted of the week poster of yourself as your profile pic. For the love of God. Okay. 41 year old dude, by the way. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. We're yeah. beyond the whole like reasoning, judgment, 22. development. Nap. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair. Drop the mic. Okay. <clears throat> For my story, we're going to Texas. Take us there, Shannon. <laughs> Do you like ice cream, Kathy? Yeah. You're going to like it a little bit less in a minute. Okay. So <laughs> we've got our NPR voices on. Hey. Um, so police issued an arrest warrant for a man in southwest Texas who was seen on a viral video opening a container of 
a Bluebell ice cream in a Walmart and licking the contents before <laughs> returning it to the freezer. Always Walmart, always Florida. Yeah, and this is August 2019, kids, so watch out for your Bluebell. Um, the arrest warrant was issued for 24-year-old Dadrian Anderson, who authorities say posted social media video of himself licking ice cream. Walmart's surveillance cameras show that there's a pic, nice picture of uh, him here too, that Anderson did eventually take the bluebell ice cream out of the freezer and buy it, which isn't captured in the social media video, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, what ended up happening is they didn't know that. And so the store dumped all of their bluebell ice cream and cost them a lot of money <sighs> because they're not, once they see that, they're going to dump all the responsibly go like, well, we can't sell any of the bluebell ice oh cream now. God. So they dumped it all. Um, yeah. The warrant, the charges were criminal mischief, a misdemeanor <laughs> punishable by a year in jail and a $4,000 fine. And listen to this. Apparently it was a crime spree because the month before the cops busted a 17 year old girl who licked a bluebell ice cream container and bragged about it on Instagram. Is that a thing? It's a thing apparently. Don't just bluebell. Buy ice. Don't buy any of that. Apparently, like that's the bluebell story. I buy the non-dairy, so I should be safe. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. Ice cream has a sealer on it. It has like a plastic. Not all of them do. Oh, well, I'm only buying the ones with the sealer. That's now. probably just like deodorant. You open that thing up, <laughs> and that right. plastic thing's been moved, and someone licked that. I've You're seen in that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gross. Someone's armpit. No, they've it. just used it. Yeah. That's what oh, I mean. yeah. for the love of God. All right. So that's our what the hell segment. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> this is Terror Talk. My name is Shannon, and I'm Kathy. Happy Halloween, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Terror Talk. If you enjoyed this show, there are two things you could do for us. Subscribing and sharing our episodes on social media, as well as writing a review on iTunes. Plus, you could check out our Patreon page. Don't hesitate to contact us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. We upload new episodes of Terror Talk every Wednesday and of Shrink Chat every Friday. Until then, goodbye and have a pleasant tomorrow.